Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 5th edition Vampire the Masquerade tabletop role-playing rules by World of Darkness. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience and will include strong language and mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and so forth, that may bear resemblance to entities living, dead, or undead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Rena Henze, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Old Ways Podcast, Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle, Blood Moon Rising. I am your storyteller, Storyteller Rena, and we're about to find out what happens when there's an incident and someone calls in law enforcement of the undead sort. But first, we need to get to some introductions. So, to my right. Hi, this is Mike. I'll be playing Marcus Voss of Clan Bruja, and I hate being interrupted when I'm about to eat. Oh, man. I'm sure that won't have any consequences. Absolutely not. Uh, to Marcus is right. Hi, I'm John, and I'll be playing Vince Markovich of Clan Tremere, who is perfectly safe. Absolutely. Nothing's going to happen to you whatsoever. And to Vince's right. This is Allie, and I'm playing Katarina Bogdanovich, a Toreador, and I just had a pretty satisfying meal. You did indeed. Probably the only one who's satisfied at the moment. And to Katarina's right, aka my left. This is Tiffany, and I'm playing. Alex Giovanni, and this is a mess, an utter trash fire. That might be a bit of an understatement. We'll see. All right. We are still in the missing Rom the Shaman situation. So Rom is still happily napping, as far as we know, back at Alex's apartment. So let's get right into the action. So back at the high rise of Felix Conrad, the sire of Trevor Conrad, the nightclub owner. Alex and Vince had stumbled upon a fairly grisly scene that only Alex has seen because they kept everyone else out. And Vince has called the sheriff, who has just made her very angry way out of the elevator. So this woman who Alex you instantly recognize as Esmeralda and Vince you're not really sure but it's probably the sheriff right you did just call her but she comes storming out of the elevator what's going on you know the uh, incident that uh, we're supposed to be looking into Luther yeah this is related god fucking Damn it! And she just like you can see her shoulders get really tense, and she cracks her neck side to side. She's like, 
Oh, I'm going to punch someone. I'm going to punch someone. Let me see it. Let me see it. Let me see it. Don't breathe. Don't, like, move too much. There's a pile in there, too, that we don't want to necessarily disturb. Sunlight. Looks like maybe. Mm. Her eyes narrow. She looks at Trevor. It's like the kid did it. No. You sure? Yes. She tilts her head and looks at Trevor, who's just sort of trying to melt back into the wall. Fine. Stay out here. She looks at you, Vince. You the idiot who called me? Yes, ma'am. That's me. Ma'am? Ma'am? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down and shut up, boy. And she she just turns around and marches into the apartment. I will uh, be standing in the doorway so that I can freely speak with her, but not be in arm's reach. So you stand in the doorway and Esmeralda walks in and her nostrils flare as she takes in this scent And you can see her eyes narrowing. And she inhales through her nose, catching all of this bloody scent. Her eyes look slightly red. And you hear a low growl. Vince can hear it even outside. It's a very low rumbling growl. And Esmeralda almost kind of crouches down. She's not a very big woman to begin with, but she's crouching down, looking around at the scene, balling her hands up into fists. She looks at the blood everywhere. She's... What do you think, Giovanni? I think, I think it's the same thing. It's whatever's causing the dreams. Mm. Stupid things, dreams. Well, considering we usually don't need them. Are you sure he was dreaming? Yes. Hmm. Don't like that. She starts prowling around the room. Hmm. Do you think he did it to himself? That would be my guess, only because of the evidence that we have from other similar scenes. Mm. And the way those hand prints are on the window would be my guess. So Esmeralda looks at the pile of ashes and don't suppose you can talk to that? No, unfortunately creepy shit needs some work she just crouches down looks at the ash you see her put a hand down and she touches the pile of ash lightly with one finger and she holds it up to her nose and she touches the finger with her tongue (laughs) Ventru 
Mm. Bastards. Yep. All right. Murder. Murder. Not really good with this kind of situation, Alex. Unless you got a head for me to rip off somewhere. Well, I'm... Uh, the big one upstairs uh, is not uh, happy with me, so I was just trying to follow the chain of command. She lets out this short, barking laugh. Eerily reminiscent of Luther's. Yeah. Prince Velasquez doesn't really want to see you right now. Mm. Probably wiser calling me. Hmm. Right. Well, should I, I or should I get a hold of Jean? Since she was at Luther's. Hmm. Jean's on mission right now. Well, then, um. I mean, I don't have a way of telling if that's Felix's hands that were on the window. I would assume that it is, considering the proximity of the pile. I can tell you. And she goes up to the bloody handprint, and again, she touches it with one finger. She licks it. Makes a face. Yep, same one. Whoever's pile of ash over there made the handprint. Okay. Then this was self-inflicted. Again. The only thing I would say is I will look around to see if there's anything here out of place. Like, if it is a ritual, maybe there's a component that has to be here that ties all the other ones together. Otherwise, I would say, I don't know what we do with this. Leave it here? Clean it up? You certainly can't leave it here. Must protect the masquerade. Right. You can see her kind of growling. She doesn't seem to know quite what to do in this kind of situation, which might be making her angrier, come to think of it. Might be better to not be in the same room. Maybe. And so, as you're having that conversation, Marcus, you uh, have gotten this this phone call from Alex. Are you heading directly there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I tell Marie, as I probably uh, <laughs> pull out the shards of plastic phone from my hand that the phone in the basement needs to be replaced again. And when our special guests arrived, just make sure he uh, stays put downstairs. She's just like, all right, uh, I'll call the normal guy to get the phone fixed tomorrow. Uh, Harv said they'll be on their way shortly. They're not anticipating much of a what was the word he used? Uh, disagreement? I doubt it. Well, not with Harv, no. All right. Um, I'll get on it. Are, are you okay? Do you need me to get some bandages or something? Antiseptic? No. I, uh, I just need to handle something. Okay. I'll be here. And she goes into her phone and starts making a note, presumably about getting the basement phone replaced. Yeah, and I'll uh, jump in the car and head over. So, Marcus starts driving like a a bit of a madman, perhaps. 
perhaps in, in his current state. And it doesn't take you long to get to the building, but there's the slight mm-hmm. issue of actually getting in. Oh, all right. Because it's a fairly fancy apartment complex, so you don't have to park in the parking lot. You can park down the street, but you still have security and uh, the the doors in front. Okay. Is it a gated? It's just an apartment, right? It's just open on the street? Yeah. So you can go to the into the lobby. Is when they went in, they went in through the side door that Trevor had a, a pass key for. You can sure. go into the, the lobby area and there is security sitting behind a desk. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I head over to security then. I should probably stock over, to be honest. Uh, the security guard looks up. Uh, c- can I help you? I'm here to see... Uh... You gave me the floor, right, Alex? 15th floor. Yes. Yeah. I'm here to say somebody on 15. All right. And he flips through a book. Are you expected? I give him this look like, are you fucking kidding me? All right. Uh, I'll just buzz them and let them know someone's coming up. And uh, the elevator's over there. Thank you. I stalk over to the elevator. Alex, as you're moving around in in this uh, apartment, you can hear the apartment phone buzz. I'll uh, go answer it. Uh, Mr. Conrad? He's indisposed. Oh, uh, sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt anything, but uh, there's a, a visitor coming up your way fairly bulky looking man angry yes okay that's fine i don't need yep. to call the cops no. okay all right just just making sure uh thank you and you hear a click and then a moment later there's a ding and the elevator deposits a fairly amped up looking marcus voss onto the 15th floor vince you're the closest to the elevator and you see the elevator door slide open and... There's, there's probably a palpable aura of just seething anger that rolls off of Marcus as he stalks down the hallway. More angry people. Yay! <laughs> it's Vince's favorite thing. He just uh, points towards the door. He's like, over there. Where have you been? Uh, and he's like, oh no. God. <laughs> um, I had to work yesterday. I heard you were missed. I grabbed the door. <laughs> he's like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I <laughs> Vince doesn't know. He's He's going to ponder that for a little bit. Yeah, I'll pull open the door. Step inside. Alex, are you meeting him at the door or are you continuing your investigation of the apartment? Uh, I'm just going to continue looking. Okay. I mean, like, I'll make sure, like, I can see him. I'm sure he's going to be greeted by 
the other wonderful personality in the room. So, Yeah, so Marcus, you push past Vince, you open the door and you storm into the apartment. And the first thing you see is Esmeralda as she's moving around, like sort of prowling around this bloody living room. So I suppose then, given that the sheriff is here, uh, Marcus is going to do a little bit of composure rework, just slightly, not too much. And he'll say, oh, so at least somebody had a brain. Hey, Marcus. And she actually smiles. It's kind of one of those sharp, pointy smiles, but... sure. You've interacted with her too enough to recognize a genuine smile, not a threatening smile. Like, finally, someone I can actually talk to. Uh, we, I step over. Alex called. I came as soon as I could. Uh, congratulations, by the way. I kind of um, give Esmeralda a semi-mutual pat on the shoulder and congratulate her for becoming sheriff. Mm, yes, well... Wasn't expecting it, really, but uh, needs must. Look at all the perks. I gesture around the room. Shouldn't be living like this. Stupid white everywhere. So what? 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 What do we? What do we have here? Well, we got what used to be Felix. Over there, Felix Conrad Ventru. He headed up one of those political lobbying fundraising groups. Hate those guys. And. Well, you can see that. She points to the pile of ashes in front of the, the window. And you can see the same bloody handprints on the window, just sort of dragging down this, this plate glass. And there's also blood everywhere else, like splattered everywhere. This looks really familiar then, right? Mm-hmm. The state of things, right? It does. And I guess I'm just opposing, juxtaposing with the body that was found by Maria last mm-hmm. night, which isn't necessarily in this sort of a state. It's not, well, it wasn't in a self-contained area. It was pretty ripped up. But this is like a, this is the full Monty as it were. Yes. And it didn't look like the corpse from last night had a twins to, to get ramped up that high. Uh, but the corpse last night wasn't kindred either. Exactly. Okay. So I where is Alex? Alex? Yo. So what did what, what, what did he do? Would he stand in front of the window and wait till the sun came up? That's what it looks like. I'm probably, I want to check out like where Felix is, like sleeps, rests. Like I, at this point, I will go all the way back to like folklore of like witches and rituals because I'm not like an expert. I'm going to check under pillows or in coffins, you know, however he rested. You know. All right. So you go to the back end of the apartment because the doorway opens into this living room and then off to the side, there's another door leading into a hallway and that takes you to the rest of the living space. And so you find a bedroom and it's got this massive four poster canopy bed. Absolutely massive. It looks like a real antique. And very heavy velvet curtains over the windows and 
some very neat suits hanging up. Very neat suits. Appreciate the tailoring. And just really nice furniture. And it doesn't appear to be covered in blood and, and viscera and everything the way that the living room was. It's clean in here. Well, yeah, I'll start, like, pulling, like, blankets back, looking under pillows. I'll look under the bed. I will look behind the headboard, you know, while I know it's got the four posts, but, you know, like, where the mattress meets the Mm -hmm. wall or whatever. Yep. So you start ransacking uh, the bedroom. Vince, are you staying out in the hallway with Trevor or are you coming in? After everybody else is in, he hears them all talking and he sees Alex move out of the doorway. He's kind of like, now is Vince's time to shine. <laughs> he will slowly, quietly enter the room, just not drawing attention to himself. Just don't mind me. <laughs> don't see me, please. Because <laughs> uh, he has an idea and he wants to check it. Okay, what is your idea? We saw that Luther painted a half moon in his own blood on the wall. And that seemed to be a compulsion or a signal that he was trying to send us. Unclear on that. So, yeah, he is looking to see if there's any patterns in the blood or if there's any evidence of smearing or, you know, uh, attempt to draw something. Mm -hmm. So you're moving into the living room where Esmeralda is and Marcus. And he is very keen to kind of keep himself at a distance from them, but also like never face away from them. You know, like someone around an apex predator. <laughs> <laughs> they're, over, they're over by this large window, uh, examining some bloody handprints and talking to each other. And so you can examine some of the furniture if you wanted to, There's uh, or the carpet. There's blood all over the place. Yeah, he's going to take his time and just have a look at the, at the blood spatter and try and see, like, okay, so from what I overheard, they can't do what we did last time. So I'm going to try and see if I can apply those lessons from college and those books that I've been reading <laughs> about particle analysis and stuff. And Because he's a nerd. So yeah, I, could I give you an investigation roll? Yep. So you're going to give me, I think, investigation plus intelligence. Uh, your difficulty rating is, I think, because of the state of the not-quite-body, but also just you're under pressure dealing with two very angry bruja in the room, and mm-hmm. you're also fairly new to this. I'm going to set your difficulty at three. Cool. So you need three successes. It's a moderate success. Four successes of three. All right. So you be, you keep one eye on the amped up vampires on the other side of the room and you start examining blood over by a bookcase that you follow it just looks sort of bloody all over in places here you find a little pile of ash small pile of ash by the couch as you're looking it's not big enough to be a body maybe a body part and you follow along And there's this bookcase. It's one of those big, fancy-looking bookcases with really old editions that look like they haven't been touched in eons and are just there for show. Like, look at me, I am a learned person sort of thing. He hates that so much. He wants to read those books, if they're worth reading. 
Well, there, there's a lot of them, but you're not really paying attention to how many there are because as you go up towards it, you kind of push aside the the couch that's in front of, of the bookcase. You see this bloody half moon painted across the book, spines of the books on the, on the middle two shelves. Is the moon waxing or waning? It is waxing. And while you're making that discovery, meanwhile, Katerina, you arrive home from your visit to your human farm. You are feeling replenished by the blood that you've drunk. And as you go inside your apartment, you get a beeping on your pager. I will take a look at it. It It's from Cora, and it says... Main office phone ringing. Message light blinking. I will sigh heavily and go downstairs and check the messages. So you go down to your office and you check the messages and you've got a missed message from Alex informing you that there's something very urgent that you need to come take a look at and giving you an address of a high-rise down in the uh, in the central district of San Francisco. Well, then, without question, I will grab my coat, and I will be out the door and on my way. So you make your way to this high-rise. It's not difficult to get to. It's fairly easy to see from large areas of San Francisco because it's massive and it's all glass. And... You walk into the lobby and the security guard just looks at you. He looks at the elevator. Is this floor 15? I just nod. <sighs> he waves with a weary hand. Go on. So into the elevator I go. So you get into the elevator. It's a very speedy elevator and deposits you fairly quickly on the 15th floor. You exit into this hallway with its very plush carpets and you see a vampire you've probably met before. You've likely catered one of his parties. You see Trevor Conrad who's a young Ventru, runs the Blue Orchid nightclub and he just looks a mess. His eyes are wild. He's got dark circles under them. He's looks like he's in pain of some kind. His jaw is kind of frozen in a rictus of grief. And he's just sitting on the floor, arms clasped around his knees. And he doesn't even seem to notice you. And the door he's sitting next to is wide open. And you can hear Marcus's voice, even though you can't hear what he's saying. Well, then... I'm going to go inside. I'm not going to acknowledge him because whatever he is going through, he seems to at least be calm enough to be maintaining right now. And I don't want to disturb that. Okay. So Vince and Esmeralda and Marcus all see Katarina come in. 
And Marcus, you were talking to Esmeralda over by the window and Esmeralda's head just sort of pops up and her nostrils flare. She says, there's a Toreador in the building. Hmm. And probably Katarina. The baker? The same. Right. What can she do here? Well, I found it wise to not underestimate Clan Toreador. Or fine. Whatever. So, how much of that do I hear? Well, Esmeralda's got a very loud voice, and she doesn't exactly do a whole lot to keep it down. Well, if you're so against my clan, perhaps we should have a talk. Don't have anything against it, necessarily. You're just flashy. Tension. Not supposed to do attention. Which is what we're... Which is, which is what we're working on, Esmeralda. I, I think if you need to get back to matters of the city, I think we can handle this one. Clean it up properly. Wouldn't be the first mess that's been cleaned up. Hmm. I know you'll do the right thing, Marcus. Of course. But, uh, let me know if I can rip its throat out or two. It would be my pleasure. Certainly. Go talk to the prince. They're not going to like it. Not at all. Just let the prince know, if you would, that uh, we are continuing to work the investigation. Mm. Yes. And uh, get a little angrier, Marcus. You can use it, you know. It's quiet, too calm. Time and place. I have to let go sometime. Let's hunt sometime. And she smiles sure. that sharp fanged smile again. And she claps you on the back. She's got a very heavy hand. And if you weren't used to it, it might have sent you stumbling a little bit, even as <laughs> stocky as you are. And <laughs> as she starts marching out, literally marching out, she looks over at you, Vince, and is try not to fuck things up, baby. Do my best. <laughs> uh, so I'm actually going to block her path. So you stand in between Esmeralda and the door, and this you know, short, powerfully built woman in fatigues tilts her head arches her back and she looks at you and says, standing in the way of the sheriff are we not a wise idea not a wise one what do you want Toreador what do you want well I just think that since we are here on behalf of the prince and doing this investigation perhaps you should treat us with the same respect we give you Listen, child. Her eyes narrow. Don't talk to your elders and your betters that way. You're replaceable. We'll see. And I'll move. And 
Esmeralda, as she goes past you, is going to shove you with her elbow up against the uh, against the wall. Not, you know, trying to necessarily break anything, but she's got her elbow pinning you to the wall, and she just says, "No one is irreplaceable. Don't mess with me." So as Esmeralda releases her elbow and she stalks out, you can just sort of feel the simmering rage rolling off of her. You can smell it almost like sweat. And she briefly pauses. And she pats Trevor on the shoulder and says, it'll be okay. And she marches off and into the elevator. She's so warm. Yeah, and fuzzy. It's the personal touch, guys. That's what makes her a great sheriff. Did I find anything in the room? Do you want me to roll investigation? Yes, so we'll cut back to you in the bedroom. Uh, You've heard some minor altercation, perhaps, but it's up to you whether you react to it or you just keep going. Yeah, just keep looking. That's what I expect from Alex. (laughs) So, yes, I would like you to give me an investigation plus intelligence. You're going to want three successes on this. No, I got two of three. Okay. Would you like to spend a willpower point to reroll? No, I think what I'm going to do is uh, come out and tell Vince because to me it looks like he's doing nothing but looking at books do you mind uh, double checking in there to make sure there's nothing you know I don't know Tremere ritual like oh yeah sure I'll have a look uh, Just I'll just need to finish up here he, he, he goes back to like looking at the titles of the books that have the blood on them trying to see if there's a pattern or something uh, you, you see an antique copy of Moby Dick. There's a copy of Dostoevsky's The Demons. There's what looks like a complete set of Jane Austen. And there's some very boring looking tomes on economics. But there doesn't seem to be any pattern here. He didn't even alpha- alphabetize his books by author, the bastard. He's like, these aren't even separated by true genre or subject matter. It's, what's the point? What's what's the point? <laughs> and he just shakes his head, <laughs> turning away from the case. And he's like, oh. and skirt ar- again around Marcus. <laughs> Do you tell Marcus what you found? Um, you know what? Yeah, he's, he's actually going to be like, um, well, folks, I... Uh, it looks like that, that half moon symbol is there again mm-hmm. and he just points over at the bookcase and take a look at it so you pass each other like ships in the night as Vince goes back to the bedroom and Marcus goes to the bookcase and Marcus you see this bloody drawn half moon with the with blood dripping down from it and it looks again to you like the one in Luther's room it looks like it was drawn by hand Okay. Anything different about this one versus the previous one? This one looks slightly bigger in shape. 
but that's about it as far as you can tell from here. Okay. Um, interesting. So does this... Uh, this is an apartment, right? So is there a um, pretty classy apartment, I would imagine, given the clan? Is there a... Um, and I assume that there is, but is there a working office here? Yes. So you go to a door on the other side of the living room from where mm-hmm. Alex went, and there is an actual full setup office in there. Wonderful. Um, I'm going to step in, turn the light on, and close the door. Okay. So, Alex, were you staying in the bedroom, or did you come out into the living room to get Vince? Um, I was... Yeah, I stepped out to get Vince, and then I was going to go collect Trevor in the hallway. Okay. Because I feel like I need to keep an eye on him since he's having the dreams. So. So you go collect Trevor. You hear a click of a door behind you, but you're not sure what room it is because you've got your back to it. So, Marcus, you close the door. Vince is going into the bedroom. Alex is collecting Trevor. What is Katerina doing? I am uh, walking in and just taking a look at everything. Getting a uh, feel for everything that was going on. And then after that, I will be uh, taking a thorough look around the apartment for more documentation to see if I have the unfortunate luck of him being linked to the bakery also. Okay. So Vince and Katerina, I want you both to give me investigation plus intelligence because you're both looking for things. What is Marcus doing in the office? Well, it's funny you mention that because I'm looking for things too. I know. This is a uh, member of Clan Venture and obviously... He's likely up to something. He was also making political waves as well. And so there's an awful lot of potential information here, especially for someone who likely had to swear off computers. This is true. In the office, you find yourself surrounded by color-coded files on rows of bookcases. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll start at the desk. And move out. So give me your investigation plus intelligence. Three. Okay, three successes. All right, what are you looking for specifically? Well, I am aware that Luis was a customer of the bakery. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we have another death here. And I'd like to potentially rule that angle out if I can. Mm -hmm. Um, But also to this venture is probably somebody who within kindred society had some pull given their age, especially if they turn to ash, it is likely that they are far older than anyone else here realized. If that's the case, then they could be have they could have been a power player within San Francisco for quite a long time. Okay. And so, yeah, I'm, 
looking for juicy tidbits of dirt on Clan Ventrue, and this seems like a <laughs> wonderful place to get it. Well, you do find first a folder on the Blue Orchid, which is a club mm -hmm. name that you recognize. That's Trevor's Club. And you do find information about the bakery in there because mm. it looks like Dragonfly Confections catered at least a couple parties over the past year at, the, at this club. Okay. So you find that. And then I'll leave you looking through some of the files to get some dirt while we look at what Katarina and Vince are finding. And Alex dealing with the almost comatose Trevor. So Vince, we'll start with you. You're looking around the bedroom. What's your... What's your style of investigating here? Are, are you not being careful with where things go? Are you being very meticulous? How does Vince investigate a room? Vince is incredibly meticulous. He looks at where everything is at the start, and then section by section, he goes through everything. Okay. So he starts off with the bed, uh, checking for any marking or, you know, signs of occultism or things that he he would recognize as charms etc etc okay and how did you do on your roll well i got six successes oh wow okay <laughs> so that is a very very good roll all right i'm so, a detective <laughs> vince markovich nurse detective all right so you go methodically looking around you're very careful you spend a lot of time going through each individual place in the room. The bed seems normal. It's been made up. It looks like it hasn't been slept in for a bit, actually. And the closet, again, normal. All these nice suits and well-polished shoes. And then you look into the nightstand. You find clothes, cologne, some other things. Something... Something seems a bit off about one of the drawers when you go to slide it back in. And so you pull the drawer all the way out and you realize there was something stuck behind it. And you reach back behind it and you pull out a sheaf of paper. And it's been written on. It's not like a journal or a notebook or anything. It's just, it's paper and you start looking through it and you realize that there's various things in here. There, there's a report on a meeting with a political candidate for a candidate for mayor of San Francisco. And then there's some financial documents. And then there's what appear to be a very tersely worded note to Trevor about his recent behavior. But the thing that holds all of these together, that, that links these disparate documents, is all of them have these strange ramblings scribbled in the margins until you get to the end. And some of them are scrawled across the actual words, the actual text, as if he didn't care to keep it in the margins anymore. And Vince is just like, well, I wonder if there's some kind of analogy here for his own uh, 
his dealing with the problem by keeping it in the margins and then it boiling over. Hmm. I'll leave that for poets. Well, uh, <laughs> could, couldn't be that at all. No, nothing like that. Um, so, would I notice that there's a kind of a degradation in the quality, kind of like when I was reading Karen's mm-hmm. notebook? Yes, you do notice that. It goes from shaky but fairly neat in the margins to fairly rapidly within a few pages getting larger more frantic less precise handwriting scrawled all over the text yeah they're gonna want to know about this um This doesn't actually really care about the stuff well except for the the note to trevor about his behavior he doesn't really care about the stuff that they're written on (laughs) he's just like most that's irrelevant but this one i like this one (laughs) um yeah so he's gonna definitely pretty sure that's the the only thing he's gonna find in here now that he's Mm -hmm. completed a search he's going to uh return back to the room to mean Okay, so you go back to the murder scene. Mm-hmm. Katarina, meanwhile, how did you do on your investigation roll? Uh, three out of three with a ten. Okay, so with that roll, you don't find anything relating to the bakery, but it could be in the office somewhere. You know that you've catered for the club, for Trevor's club. You don't find anything relating to Felix, his sire, being a, a client, at least not in the not in the living room, not around the barely used kitchen area. You, you don't find anything of the sort there. Okay. But everything is very neatly organized, almost obsessively so. You don't find any papers or anything out of place. It's very neat. Uh, then I will move into the office or the bedroom and uh, take a look around and see if there's anything that seems out of place, given how meticulous he is. All right. Well, the office is in one direction, and that's where Marcus went, and the bedroom is in the other direction, where Vince is currently coming out of. Um, I will probably go into the office first. Okay, so Marcus, did you lock the door behind you? I didn't say I did. Okay, so we'll say you didn't. I did not. I probably didn't because it would look suspicious as fuck. So you hear the door click open behind you as you're rifling through a green file. Mm-hmm. That has some some notes on one of the current candidates for mayor of San Francisco. Ooh. That's helpful. Katarina, you you open the door and you see Marcus rifling through a file. Well, have you found anything? Yes. Yes, I have. It's, uh. It seems that you did some catering for him, huh? Yes, but this is not surprising. I do catering for that many individuals. Yeah, I can't say I've ever had anything from the bakery, but I understand. It's a business. Indeed. 
Yeah, look around. I mean, I gesture to the wide, you know, <laughs> filing area. Everything here seems to be color-coded. I fold up the green note. Everything that you've noticed, Marcus, gives you the idea that anything related to human politics seems to be in green. So he's got these green file folders that you've been looking through. Anything mm-hmm. related to clan business, and there's only a couple of those, at least out in the open where you can see them, are in blue. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a section in these black folders and another section in these purple that you haven't had a time had a chance to look at yet. Okay. I'll go for the purple first. Okay. The purple folder appears to be personal documents. Okay. We'll scan through those. Katarina, are you, are you looking through documents as well? Yeah. Which color are you going for? I will probably be taking a look at some of the other green ones. Okay, so you start looking at some of the politics files. So, Marcus, you find some documents in in these purple folders as you look at them. One of them has what looks like a printed out copy of a birth certificate for a Trevor Castor and it's Hmm. dated from 55 years ago. Okay. So you're fairly certain that's Trevor's original birth certificate that he's gotten a copy of. Yeah. As you go through, you also find you find some folios from the 18th century. Mm-hmm. And you find a packet of coins, very old looking, from the Ottoman Empire, it looks like. Oh man, I seized those immediately. And then you find a series of well penned notes. Some of them are written in Latin. Some of them are written in what looks to you like Greek. And some of them are in a different language you don't recognize at all. Mm -hmm. But these appear to have been written not with modern, not with a modern pen or pencil. They've got that smell of old ink and parchment on them. Okay. Yeah, I definitely collect them. Once, once I have those in hand, um, I will turn my attention to the black files. Okay. So in the black files, you find notes on other clans. Excellent. Anything stick out to me? So you find a file on the prince. At least you assume it's the prince. It says Velasquez on it. All right. If you want to take it with you or if you want to look through it now, you can do that. Yeah, I'm probably going to basically take the stuff that I find most salacious in the black file. I will transfer it to um, the the file I'm already carrying. Mm -hmm. 
because that seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, I'm going to think on my, um, I'm going to go on my, on my tree here, right? My, my venture tree of, of, um, status within the city that I'm aware of. Obviously everything in this house is going to fall to Trevor, which is likely anyway. Who, when word of the, this death gets out, who is going to come here? Maybe the venture primogen might come in here. Uh, the Venture Primogen is Juanita Martinez. And she will definitely be coming in. Okay. Okay. So while it's not everything, my concern is that as the minutes pass by, the available time to rummage through this office is going to dwindle pretty fast. Uh, not to mention, I'm still fucking hungry. Um... But, but I may have sated myself temporarily with just gobbling up some very salacious information here. So once I have what I think I need, I will turn to Katarina and say, I'm going to go see what Alex and Vince have turned up. And then I really need to be going. Does Katarina reply to that? Nope. I just nod. Nate, so you're, you're going through the political folders here the green ones and you're finding some things on a certain senate senator who was recently elected giving you some ideas about their shall we say unorthodox proclivities seems like felix had some information there that was he was holding over them okay and you you find a decent amount of dirt on just about every major political figure in the Bay Area and in the House and the Senate from California. I was going to say that I was going to compile a folder of the ones that I have catered events for because a little more information never hurt anybody, right? Mm -hmm. And after that, I'm going to press against the walls and like try to move the filing cabinets to see if there's anything that was missed okay so with your good investigation role in that 10 you don't find any secret doors into hidden chambers kind of thing but you do find a wall safe behind one of the shelves fantastic mm-hmm so while you're having a, a fiddle around with that safe, you can make a roll for me if you want to see if you can break into it, by the way. Uh, so you can give me... It's larceny in this case. So larceny Ooh, and dexterity. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. And while you're doing that, we'll have a look at what Alex is doing with Trevor. So Alex, you went out into the hallway. Trevor is still just sort of sitting there. And he's staring off into the distance. It's it's the kind of thing you would have called, you know, a hundred years ago, uh, shell shock. That's what it looks like to you, that thousand yard stare. And he's not really moving other than a slight shake to his shoulders. Yeah, I'm going to um, put my hands on the outside of either shoulder and like s- slowly stand him up. And I'm going to grab the bottom of his chin so he's looking at me. 
We will get you home. Let's get you something to eat. But you have to tell me what kind of fast food you like. He's 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 dead, isn't he? He's dead. I should have I should have checked before. It's probably my fault. It's oh my god! It's not your fault. And you knew he was dead before we came here. You felt it. You knew. I, I, I didn't want to. I was hoping it was just part of the dream. But yeah, Ugh. can I see him? Is it is it bad? Uh, you don't you don't want to go in there. All of this is going to be yours, and you have other things to sort out. You have a new you have a new position to fill. <sighs> right. Ah, and he twists his neck almost like he's in physical pain and he snarls a little bit but he's trying to bring himself under control you can see him straighten up a little bit I need to eat really need to eat Ugh. yeah I know what do you need to eat Some, something something yuck Not, not that young. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I stepped back and I was like, "What do you, what do you think I am?" Well, I mean, I'm not saying it's not impossible. Just because I disagree doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Don't get enough out of kids, anyway. All right. Okay. Well, um, you uh, do your deep breathing exercises. I'm going to let them know and collect Vince and we'll go get food. Not not one will be missed. I don't think I'm going to make it. Okay. And his eyes narrow and turn slightly red around the edges. I'm going to lean in the door. Hey Vince, we got to go. Uh oh, uh, oh, okay. Um like right now? Like right now, right now. And uh, seen, seeing Max went through, he's like, oh, I found some notes. Um, I reckon the small pile of ashes is uh, Felix's tongue. Uh, I think he probably cut it out like Luther did. And um, do you know, by the way, if when like if a vampire gets dismembered and, and like. I'm going to like start dragging Vince and pushing. <laughs> and he's doing the body mo- movements. He's like. Like, if say someone cut off my hand and then ashed my body, would my hand also turn to ash, or would that stay a hand? It, it all comes down to how old you are. It re- yeah, Aww. it really depends how old you are. You won't be ashing anytime soon unless we burn you to a corpse. Just kidding. <laughs> He's like, ha, 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 ha. Let's, let's go. We can Jeez. go over the notes. We'll call them. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And uh, he's like, I'll, I'll go through the notes later and I'll pass a thing around. <laughs> As I like am guiding um, Trevor in front of me by the shoulders into the elevator. Okay. I let them um, go. I see them out. And then uh, as they go and hustle out, I shut the door and lock it. And then turn around and walk back to the office. Okay. Katarina, Marcus comes in behind you. Doing a little remodeling. Ball safe. Yes. Yes, it is. What are we looking for? 
We are just looking. Would you like some help with that? I will hold up my hand and gesture to the wall safe. I punch it. Alright, so you're you punch the wall the wall safe. So I guess that mm-hmm. would be melee. Yeah, because nobody's gonna notice that later. Uh yeah, uh, well uh, my thought my thought would be it would be brawl. Okay, so give me brawl plus strength. Okay. So um, my potence is two. And um, yeah, my plan is to hit it like a Mack truck. We'll see how that works out for you. You guys are going to get in trouble once people find out you're stealing shit. Just move a bookcase. Don't worry about it. Just don't punch a hole in the wall. Um, okay, I have, fi- oh, I have five successes, Jesus. including a ten. Oh, wow. Okay, so... So, Katarina, you just see Marcus sort of tense and amp up, like you can almost feel the energy level rising, and then this massive fist goes punching into this safe, and he should not be able to punch open a safe door. That's generally not how things work. They're safe for a reason. But he hits it so hard, the door pops open with his extra super vampiric strength. And there is a massive dent in it now. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so I, I punch it open. And I'm basically just going to remove it from the space, right? Like remove the, the safe door from the space and uh, take Gander at what's inside. Right. So inside you find five different passports. One of them's American. One of mm-hmm. them's German. One is English. One is Russian. So you'd recognize the Cyrillic, Katerina. And one of them is Moroccan. All for the former, formerly the, pre, the, the recently departed. All different names, but they all have his picture. Sure. So he was covering his bases at least. And you also find a small notebook. Oh, my, my. I'll uh, pass the passports off to Katerina and look at the notebook. The notebook appears to be a ledger of meetings. Similar to the one Luther had, but this one is more written out, more detailed, not just initials and the occasional scrawled date the way Luther did it. This is very neat handwriting, and pretty much every night has someone written in. He's a very, very busy, very busy vampire. So who did we meet with for the past few days? So you see that two days ago, so three nights technically, the night before he stopped responding to Trevor's messages, he has a meeting with the board. It's just listed as the board at 10 p.m. The night before that, he had a meeting with a Karen. Karen S. Mm -hmm. 
And then there's a couple political figure names listed a couple days before that from the human world. And then about two weeks before his disappearance date, he had a meeting with Vera Giovanni hmm. of Tremere. Vera Giovanni of Clan Tremere. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. That's a whole bucket of crazy. Well, it seems our uh, dearly departed venture was pretty busy with some interesting people. Mm. May I see it? Sure. I turn and just kind of pleasantly drop the book in her palm. As you do that, Marcus, your phone gives you an incoming text alert. Mm-hmm. I check it very quickly. It's from Marie. It says he's here. Now, I have a meaning of my own to get to, so I wish you luck. Thank you. I will stop by if I find anything else. Oh, I'm sure I would... Just as a matter of courtesy, of course, I would recommend that you limit your time here. It's no telling with Esmeralda gone now how soon the venture will be back. I'm going to casually pull one of the bookshelves over to cover the safe. With your amped up state and your previous good roll, you don't need to roll anything for that. You just grab it with one hand and pull it over very violently. <laughs> and I bid her adieu and leave. Right. So Katerina Marcus and Vince and Alex have left. What is Katerina going to do? I'm going to look through the file cabinets to see if there's anything on any of us in the coterie. All right. So you're going to go over to the black set of files, which appears to be information on other clans. And there isn't really a folder on Hikata, but you do find a sticky note inside another folder that says Giovanni, question mark, question mark. So I'll take that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And inside the folder for Bruja, you find some notes on Marcus and you find some notes on Esmeralda. Yep, I'm taking those too. And if you look at the Tremere folder, you find some notes on a Karen Stein. Perfect. I'm taking that too. And the notes on you under Toreador just appear to be related to your work. You don't really find anything out of the ordinary. Just some things about your bakery. I'll take it anyway. All right. So you take the whole thing. Are you leaving for the night? Are you leaving it as it is? Yes. Okay. So you will leave and head home. So Alex and Vince, you're in the car with a gradually getting hungrier Trevor. And Vince, this is maybe a little bit uncomfortable for you as this Ventru is starting to get antsy and every time you drive past a 
human walking down the street. His head sort of turns all the way. And you can see his nostrils flaring. He's getting really, really amped up here. Uh, but Alex, you get a phone call. Oh. Yeah, I'm having our driver drive to the area that he normally picks up, you know, prizes. And we're gonna, you know, and I'm like, make it snappy. And then I'll answer my phone. This is Alex. Hey, Alex, it's Eddie. Oh, yes. Did you get the phone number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I tried calling you earlier, but you didn't. I guess you weren't getting signal or anything because it, it kept saying that it couldn't connect. But um, yeah, this phone number, it it took me so freaking long to find it. But it it's the office of a, of a Magellan Theater. Like, I barely found it on the Internet. What is this Magellan Theater? Well, from what I found, it's just, it, it's a theater. It's run by some weird kooky people. Uh, it's kind of indie and, and out there. And um, I can't really find anything about really... Okay, I know this is weird because when you've got like theaters and stuff like that, especially in the modern day, you'd have promos on Instagram and they'd be tweeting and you'd have pictures of performances on Facebook. But like this place got nothing. I found this by going through the library, the fucking library. Anyway, that I, I found a flyer and that's how I found found the number. And they, they were doing some Christopher Marlowe play, apparently, like three years ago. Um, and... There's. They were saying something about they had a, a, a famous director or something, um, but I can't find his name. I can't find the name of the groups who play there. I can't even find anybody who's mentioned going there. I mean, not even a review on Yelp. Where is this place located? Uh, hold on. I can text you an actual address. Awesome. All right. Uh, so... You're, you're going to be going down to Telegraph Hill, and let me here text you this exact address. Give me a second. And you hear some rapid typing, and then an address pops up on your cell phone. Okay. All right, well, uh, thanks for the address. Thanks for the uh, info. I will uh, Venmo you some um, a bonus. Sweet. I'll see you tomorrow. You got it. Click. Interesting. Now I gotta focus on not having a Ventru freak out in my backseat. <sighs> so the driver takes you to where he normally picks up some snacks for you. And Trevor is pushing at the car door, eager to get out. Do you want me to roll anything to get him to stay in the car? If you're trying to get him to stay in the car, you're you're going to have to roll for that uh, because he's very much sliding into a frenzy. Yeah, and I don't want him attacking people in the street. <laughs> right. Uh, so I think, are, are you trying to physically intimidate him and hold him in? Are you trying to verbally get him to stay? What what's what are you using? Yeah. I mean that's that's usually my uh go to is try and, you know, talk my way into things. So give me intimidation plus manipulation. 
And this is a very hungry vampire, so you're going to need four successes here. Hungry, hungry vampire. Yes. I got five! Okay. So, you calm him down a little bit, and you remind him of the masquerade, and remind him that his sire would be, if he was still around, very unhappy if his offspring went around drawing attention to himself, breaking the masquerade, potentially getting in trouble with the prince, etc., etc. And he... (sighs) Alright, but... Hurry. Yeah, I'm gonna hustle and uh, do I see like a teenager or... Uh, yeah, you you see a probably a druggie, uh, a early 20-something teenager, well not teenager, early 20-something sitting on a front porch. The light overhead is broken and He's just kind of stoned out. He barely seems to notice you approaching, just sort of slumped over the the front porch, and there's a syringe on the step next to him. I'm going to walk up and, like, snap my fingers in front of his face. Yeah. Do you want to make some quick money? And I'll, like, pull out, like, I always have, like, a roll Mm -hmm. of cash. Whoa. Yeah, as long as it's not, like, selling meth to kids, man, I'll do whatever you want. Good, I have somebody that would like to meet you. My car's down there, and I point to the nice car. His eyes are kind of bleary, but he looks at the car. goes, oh, fancy. Cool. Yeah, let's go. We got some more partying to do. You got drugs? Always. Sweet. And the guy kind of staggers to his feet. He looks look, looks at you bleary-eyed and gives you a big thumbs up. Let's go party. Party. Yeah, I'm going to like push him mm-hmm. quickly towards the car. Yeah, so you, you push him into the car. And Trevor looks at you and looks back at him as if, can I eat him now? try and keep the mess to a minimum. So, Vince, you're just sitting there and this obviously drugged out guy comes stumbling into the car and the second the door closes, you see Trevor reach out, grab this guy by the shoulder, drag him in and sink his fangs into the guy's throat and there is blood spurting. You haven't really seen this kind of hunger since that night at the hospital. It is a mess. Yeah, Vince is simultaneously disgusted and like, but that looks really good though. (laughs) Yeah, so Vince, about that. Do do I need to pass a rose? So I'd like you to give me a a roll to resist a frenzy here. You're in close quarters with fresh mm-hmm. human blood. Another vampire is feeding and you have not eaten. No, I haven't. I've got two points of hunger even. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a minus two. <laughs> All right. Well, got eight successes. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
te- technically six, I think, because yeah, I don't, because it was minus two. Because if you're minus two, so you got six successes. That's enough. You're you're able to push back the hunger enough to just sort of look at this with an academic curiosity, like where the blood is going and how this vampire is feeding compared to how Luther fed. Mm-hmm. It, it's very, very academically interesting. But, but deep down inside, I'm kind of like. Oh boy. Kind of wish I was doing that. <laughs> you still can. No, 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 I'm fine. I've got some in the f- some back home. Um Are you sure? It's in a thermos and everything. It's at the right temperature. <laughs> so, we'll leave uh, Alex and Vince in their uh, in the car as Trevor is tearing open the throat of this poor heroin addict. And Marcus. Yes? You're heading back to the labor office at a frenetic pace. Oh, yeah. Yep, no, there is um, a present waiting for me there. So you storm into the office. Marie's sitting behind her desk. She's there, and you see Ted standing in front of the side door to the gym. And she's like, um, he's in there. Yeah. I whip off my coat and I throw it at Ted. Ted catches it and just slings it over a coat rack. You need us? No. Clear out. Okay. I look back at Marie and say, you sit right there. I'll be back. She looks up at you and goes, okay, Marcus, you got it. Whatever you need. She looks a little scared, but she sits put and Ted opens the door and the other two big, burly longshoremen who work with you on these kinds of events uh, come out and Harv has his sleeves rolled up all the way <laughs> uh, and he his knuckles are looking slightly bruised. Oh, good. Like, in there for you, boss. Clear out. Lock up. Got it. And they give a sort of half salute and head out. They've done this before. Indeed. I keep them around for a reason. And uh, I'll step into my personal gym and shut the door. And what I'm looking for is not something visual. What I'm looking for is... The smell of blood already in the room. You definitely smell it. Not a whole lot, maybe a bloody nose, but blood has been spilt already. I reach over and I turn off the lights. Riker. Where are you? Marcus, what the fuck? Is that you? What what do we do? Fuck, it broke my nose, you fucking boron. Where's the lights? Fuck. Where you're going, you won't need any light at all. I'm going to slip just into the space around the gym. I know it really, really well. And I am going to just let... (laughs) I'm, I'm going to just let loose. I'm going to let 
my hunger draw me towards him? You can smell sweat and fear and blood on the air. You can almost feel physically in your body that heartbeat, the one that you restrained yourself from silencing just a few nights ago. And you follow it. He's not sitting out in the open. He's somewhere. Ah, uh And your nostrils flare and your eyes glow slightly in the dark as you catch the scent from under a weightlifting bench as Riker Remington IV has curled himself up under. There's blood streaming from his nose. His coat is missing. His shirt is partially torn open. His shoes are missing. Excellent. I'm going to snatch him out from under the weight bench. And I I think when I do, I'm not going to bother pulling him by the clothes. I'm going to use just my own raw vampiric strength to grab him by the neck and and pull him out from under the bench and then flatten him down on top of the bench, right? And then just in, a, in the smoothest of motions because Marcus is, is, is fairly agile as well, um, I'm going to straddle on top of him and put my thumbs on his collarbone just to press him down onto the bench. What the, what the fuck? What the fuck? I thought we had a deal. What was wrong with you? We have a deal. That deal is set. The only thing you didn't make a deal with was the beast. And I am going to sink my fucking teeth into him. And I'm not leaving a shred of blood in that body. You sink your fangs into R4. And he lets out this horrific, piercing scream. And it is music to your ears. As he screams and screams until the sound dies away to a gurgle and then a whimper and then nothing as you completely drain his body dry leaving the husk of what used to be a man so the question I have then is how much had Riker had to drink before he came here oh I see (laughs) well he'd had at least half a bottle of wine Wonderful. I'll uh, I'll use his shirt to wipe my face off. Try to uh, compose myself a little now that I'm fully fed and a little bit intoxicated. I'll uh, sit down in the gym in the darkness there and just give this wonderful, boisterously pleasant laugh to the air around me. <laughs> and that 
is where we will end tonight's session. Thank you again for joining us this evening. Hope you enjoyed our bloody mayhem. And please join us again next episode for the continuing of our investigation and perhaps some more death. Thank you and good night. <laughs>